0: what's going on everybody welcome to episode 525 of the talking Friars podcast and youtube show ben fadden with you here it is november 28th 2023 hopefully everybody is having a great day so far i wanted to come on and talk about Some of the pitching trade targets Jim Bowden wrote about for the Padres in the Athletic recently. Also, Ken Rosenthal in the Athletic as well just wrote his latest piece, and it included something about Juan Soto, which will obviously be a big topic of conversation this offseason, and maybe that situation ends up getting resolved pretty soon. But Ken also had something to say about it, and I will discuss that for sure. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can use uh, the comment, go in the comment section, your questions, your comments, use that super chat button. I will make sure I get to all of those. Um, but yes, I will get to the chat here in a little bit. Let's start actually, before we get to the pitching trade targets, at the end of the show, I'll get through, I'll go into the San Diego State game from last night, but um, Let's get to the Ken Rosenthal stuff first. And this piece just came out this morning from Ken Rosenthal. He talks about Alex Bregman and Bo Bichette getting interest from other teams and trade talks. Then he gets into Juan Soto and pretty much how Juan Soto has to be traded. The headline, with Soto, just do the math. Unlike Bregman and Bichette, Juan Soto is almost certain to be traded both to ease the Padres' payroll burden and to get them the pitching they desperately need. And yes, if you're going to make a case to trade Juan Soto, yes. Payroll-wise, yes, makes sense. And if you can get pitching, young, controllable pitching, into trade for Juan, Juan Soto going to another team, you get pitching back, you can argue that you make that deal as well. You're not going to bring Juan Soto back. You're, he's going to go to free agency. You're not going to go outbid another team. You're not going to go outbid the Mets or the Yankees or whoever. You already have a bunch of big contracts already locked down, guys with no trade clauses. Like It's just not going to happen. Uh, but there's also the other side of the argument, obviously, that I have made plenty of times is, hey, Manny's not getting any younger. They're in their primes. What, you just want to have a year of their primes without Juan Soto when he's under contract with your team? It's not like you have to go sign him to a big contract to have Juan Soto on this Padres team in 2024. He's already under contract for the Padres. I get it. Salary, all that. But I also bring up like selling it to the fan base. How are you going to sell this to the fan base? I know how they're going to try, but how can you actually sell? Like, yeah, we're trying to go win the World Series. Uh, Snell, Snell, though, he's gone. Yeah, Hater, he's gone. Lugo, Waka, Martinez, maybe they're going to be gone. Uh, Yeah. Juan Soto, yeah, he's gone, our best hitter, out the door, yeah. And who you're replacing those guys with, obviously, is a big question. You're not replacing those guys, those starting pitchers, with Yamamoto, right? Snell's not coming back. Nola already signed. Sonny Gray already signed. Who are you replacing those guys with, right? Um, So, yeah, I don't think fans are going to really buy into, yeah, okay, the Padres, World Series team. In 2024, it could happen. D-backs made it to the World Series, but it's maybe I'll warm up to Juan Soto being dealt depending on the package that the Padres get back. But right now, I'm still just like, uh, Juan Soto helps your baseball team. And I know payroll-wise, like if you want pitching, you want a more complete roster, yeah, you probably have to deal Soto. And I think they're going to trade Juan Soto. Um, But it's, it's just something that I don't want to have, I want Juan Soto. I want them to try it in 2024 with Juan Soto on their baseball team. Um, let's continue with what Ken Rosenthal is saying here. MLB trade rumors project Soto's salary in his final year of arbitration to be 33 million dollars. The Padres intend to open the season with a payroll of approximately 200 million dollars. Fangraphs projects their current number with Soto to be around 189 mil. I think Spot Track has it like 184 or 186, something like that. So. Around that area, not a lot of room to spend to get to that $200 million number, obviously. Rosenthal says here, their projected luxury tax payroll of $242 million, meanwhile, is $5 million above the threshold. I don't remember seeing the luxury tax payroll already being at two forty-two, million, but okay, let's say that's the case. Then, yeah, uh, they they need more pieces to be dealt from this team to get that luxury tax payroll number down. Rosenthal says here. So let's get this straight. The Padres are going to exceed the threshold a fourth straight year just after, as the Athletic reported earlier this month, they took out a $50 million loan in September to address short term cash flow issues and meet their obligations, including player payroll. And at a time when their pitching staff has been decimated by free agent defections. Like they're, they're, they're going to exceed the threshold of four fourth straight year because that's what they're going to do if they keep Juan Soto on this team, you would think, right? If, if you want to have a complete roster, you want to get this rotation at least back to what it was this past season, you're probably going to have to spend money on it. And then first base and DH, and then catcher, and then bullpen help, and depth. That's going to cost you money. You're not going to make all trades, and you're you're not all going to acquire controllable guys that are making rookie salary And it's not like you're going to replace all these guys with minor leaguers on rookie salaries, right? Because they're not all ready to come up and help you. So, yeah, it just feels like, and Rosenthal says here, and I agree here, the question is not whether Soto will be traded. The question is which team will acquire him. Yeah, I think Soto's going to get dealt, and I think, yeah, the real question is which team will acquire Juan Soto. Not if he's going to get traded. When is he going to get traded? What team is he going to? Because I don't see how the Padres are going to construct a solid good rotation and a solid lineup, you know, I don't want to say one through nine because you're not going to have a solid lineup one through nine, but more of a solid lineup than they have right now, more depth than they have right now. How are you going to construct that? How are you going to fill the 700 innings, nearly 700 innings, that six pitchers filled for you last season. How are you going to fill that? You're not going to fill that all with major league minimum players, right? You're not going to fill that through all of the, you know, the guys you're going to get back in a Juan Soto deal, right? So if, especially if Juan Soto is on this team, you're going to have to spend money and the Padres just aren't in a spot to do that, to have their payroll as high as what it would need to be if Soto is still on this team. So I'm, my, my mindset my mindset right now is, yeah, Soto's getting dealt just a matter of who. Will it be the Cubs? Will it be the Mariners? Will it be the New York Yankees? The Mariners and the Yankees are the two big teams that we're constantly hearing. The Yankees, their focus is on Yamamoto right now. We know that. Uh, but eventually their focus is going to turn, and they can do two things at the same time. So I wonder when the Padres are going to pull the trigger because. I Again, mean, I think it's going to happen, so when is it going to happen? Because I think that this Padres offseason is going to be stalling here. Not a whole lot's going to be happening, like rotation-wise and all that, I don't think, until the Juan Soto decision is made. And so let's say he's going to get dealt. Okay, until he gets dealt, how are the Padres going to make moves then? Right? Because I think that they should lock down a trade for Soto, make sure it's done, you get back some young pitching, hopefully in return that can help you, you know, plan for the 2024 rotation. And then after that, once you see the pieces you get back, then you go see, okay, what other pieces do we need to add after the Soto deal, after a bunch of money comes off the books and you have more room to spend, don't go spend money without Soto being dealt because then teams could be like, Nope, we're not interested anymore. We're not going to trade for him. And then what you're going to have Soto on the team and you added all these pieces and now what is your payroll at? Is Major League Baseball even going to allow that? So, yeah, I think we're waiting for the Soto deal, and then things can really start getting going here in this Padres offseason. Obviously, the coaching staff, that m- news might come out here this week before the winter meetings or during the winter meetings. We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, who are the, the best fits? I mean, yeah, we point to the Mariners and the Yankees because those are two teams that, The Mariners, they have the young pitching. The Yankees, they want more offense, right? They want probably another big lefty back. They're looking for outfield help. What if they don't land Bellinger? Then Soto feels like something that they're really going to try to go get. They do have some young pitching with Michael King and Clark Schmidt, guys like that. They do have some young uh, prospect outfielders, Everson Pereira, uh, Spencer Jones. Don't know if they want to move him, right? He was their top draft pick recently. Jason Dominguez, obviously, even though he's not going to be healthy for most of 2024, but those are two teams that make sense. Chicago Cubs, we'll see. Maybe there's teams out there that would pivot to Soto if they don't land certain free agents that they are hoping to get. And then they're like, okay, we'll give up prospects because we can get Soto, and we have a chance to maybe extend him, which I don't think that's a very smart thing for a team that wants Juan Soto to bank on Soto getting an extension. Signing that extension, he's so close to free agency. He's gonna go to free agency unless you offer the guy five hundred fifty million dollars. He's probably gonna go to free agency. I think he believes in himself that he can perform and then go get five hundred plus million dollars in free agency after the twenty twenty four season. What are their teams out there? Don't bring up the Mets. I don't think that the Mets work because they're saying that they're not trying to win and go all in. Like Billy Epler literally told that to Scherzer and Verlander, they're not trying to fully go win in 2024. So why would you trade for Juan Soto for one year of Soto when you're not trying to go all in win, when you can just go get him in free agency? Because we know Steve Cohen and the Mets, they have the money to go get him in free agency. And there's been the talk about Soto wanting to be on the East Coast and all that, right? The uh, San Francisco Giants, don't bring them up to me, please. The Padres are not trading Juan Soto to the San Francisco Giants. They already gifted Bob Melvin with no compensation, gifted him to the San Francisco Giants. Snell might end up there. Yamamoto might end up there. Or Bellinger might end up there. Waka Lugo, one of them might end up there. Who knows who ends up there, right? Josh Hader feels like Rangers, but maybe he ends up there. Who the heck knows, right? So we've already gifted them someone. And we might see some others come on opening day at Petco Park and be in a Giants uniform, not the Padres. You don't give Juan Soto to the San Francisco Giants. And we know the Giants, they have money to spend as well. So they might just say, hey, F it. We're going to trade for Soto if the Padres allow it. Sure, let's trade for Soto, give them whatever they want, whatever. And we'll give them $550 million. We will offer him that. And if he turns it down, then he turns it down. But I think the Giants might be like, hey, if the Padres are willing to make this move, we'll give them that money. That'll excite the fan base. We'll give them that. Sure. And you can build your franchise around Juan Soto because they've got money to spend. I mean, we can go back to the Stanton, the Stanton trade, right? And Stanton, I don't think wanted to go there and Aaron Arson judge, right? He made that visit to San Francisco and Carlos Correa, obviously. And they're probably going to be interested in Shohei Otani and Yamamoto and Bellinger and Matt Chapman. So they're trying to spend money here. You bring in Bob Melvin. You're not just going to, be okay with having Jock Peterson and, or he's a free agent, I think, but Yaz or Logan Webb be the face of your franchise. Some might say that Bob Melvin's the face of their franchise, so they're willing to spend money. But the Padres, no, don't bring up the Giants. They're not trading Juan Soto to the San Francisco Giants. That would just be stupid. So right now, it does feel like I'll throw the Cubs in there. It feels like Yankees, Mariners, but with the Mariners, I'm not so sure that they are in a position to trade for Juan Soto. I don't know if they want to because. You're Sure, you have the young pitching, but you're going to give up young pitching that isn't making much money, that can help you in the future and in 2024. You're a team that doesn't spend a ton of money. You, you're not known for having a super high payroll. Does your team need to get better? Sure. Should the fan base want you to go bring in someone like that? Sure. But do the Seattle Mariners have that chance? A real shot. Do we really realistically think that the Mariners are going to give Juan Soto $500 million? I don't see that happening. You know, they they locked up J-Rod early because they knew, like, that was going to be their best deal. Let's just lock him up early. So we have our face of the franchise, and Mariners fans, they're not... They can't, like, get on us for not locking up Julio Rodriguez. Like, all right, we did it. You know? Soto, so you're trading pieces that can help you in the future if you're the Mariners, and those are good pieces for you because you don't spend a bunch of money. And then you're paying Juan Soto over $30 million for one year. Does Juan Soto make that Mariners team a World Series contending team? I'm not so sure about that. Over $30 million for one year for a guy that's not going to be a Seattle Mariner long-term, and you're giving up talented, young pitching. I'm not so sure the Mariners want to do that. Like Padres fans, writers can link the Mariners and be like, that's a fit for a trade, but do the Mariners want to do that? So I feel like the Yankees are that prime team right there that would be willing to make that move. Because What other team? I'm struggling to find other realistic teams out there that are like, yeah, let's take one year of Juan Soto, over $30 million, one year of Juan Soto, give up whatever San Diego is asking for, and be okay with him walking and going and be a free agent. What are their teams out there? Maybe I'll you know, throw in the Cubs, Yankees, but I just don't see very many other teams out there. So yeah, Ken Rosenthal, the latest here. The question is not whether Soto will be traded. The question is which team will acquire him. And I agree. Like, if the Padres want more of a complete team, they want more flexibility to be able to you know bring in pieces improve this rot, or just fill the rotation. You also want to improve it, but fill the rotation. I thought the rotation was pretty good this past season. Get some more bats, get some more depth, get some help in the bullpen. How are you going to do that? If Juan Soto still on this baseball team and your payroll, the mandate, let's say is around $200 million. How are you going to do that when it's already, you know, almost at $200 million with Juan Soto? It's at, 189 let's say. You don't have much room. That's 11 million dollars is like one starter. So, yeah, it's it's a question of when he's going to get dealt, I feel like with Juan Soto. All right, let's see what some people in the chat are thinking here. Logan says trade Soto to the Yankees for Jason Dominguez and their two young pitching prospects. Who are their who are the two young pitching prospects though? Yankees, are you talking about Clark Schmidt? Clark Schmidt and, oh no, no, no. Drew Thorpe, Chase Hampton and Drew Thorpe is, that that, that must be who you're talking about? They have three outfielders as their top three prospects. Spencer Jones, Jason Dominguez, Everson Ferrer. And then they've got two, their top two pitchers are four and five in their system. Hampton and Drew Thorpe. If I'm not going to lie. If Jason Dominguez is included in that deal, I'm not going to say I hate the Juan Soto deal. I'm going to say, man, I still want Juan Soto on this baseball team in 2024, but you know, having Jason Dominguez be a Padre, that would be pretty appealing. Um, Spencer Jones, that would be appealing as well, but it's one year of Juan Soto. You know, The Yankees, for them to give up a Jason Dominguez, for them to give up a Spencer Jones, I think they would have to feel pretty darn good. I think they would have to go into that trade knowing that, hey, we're going to offer Soto $500-plus million before he hits free agency. Because if you don't have that thought, then you're acquiring Juan Soto. You're giving up a lot of talent, future all-stars for one year of Juan Soto at over $30 million because that's what he's projected to make in his final year of arbitration. I think they'd be willing to give up Everson Pereira. I think Jones and Dominguez, that would be probably pretty hard for them. Hampton, Thorpe, I'm not so sure. I'm not going to act like I know a ton about those guys. The Padres, they are I think that they would take one of those guys, but I think they want major league pitching help right now. And Michael King has a couple more years of control, I believe. He was pretty darn good for the Yankees this past season. And Clark Schmidt, I don't know if he's... Was he hurt last year at all? I'm not so sure about him. But I think Schmidt and Michael King would be two targets for the Padres there. And then they'd probably try to get an outfield prospect. And is probably the guy that the Yankees would be willing to give up. If the Padres want Jason Dominguez, then they probably have to say, okay, no pitching prospects. Or... They say, like, one pitching prospect, but you don't get Michael King or you don't get Clark Schmidt. Like, you're not going to get Dominguez and, I don't think. I don't think the the Yankees are going to give up Dominguez and one of those two two top pitching prospects and Michael King and Clark. Like, that's not going to happen for one year of Juan Soto. You know, the Padres, they can't go into this realistically thinking that they're going to get 75% of what they gave to Washington. Are they going to get 50 per- 50%? Is that more realistic? Because the Padres gave up Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel III, James Wood, Susanna, Voit. So a big league piece in there, and then top prospects. How many did I name off there? Like five? You're not getting that. From the Yankees, you might get two. Is that like a major league piece? Let's say Michael King, and then maybe Clark Schmidt. Nah, pro- probably Michael King and then two, two prospects outfield, let's say an outfield prospect and a starting pitching prospect maybe for one year of Soto. Cause it's one year of Soto and that's a, it's a big salary over $30 million. And yes, the Padres can say, we're giving you one freaking one, Juan, Juan Soto. You know, uh, it's, he's a really good baseball player, but the Yankees could say, well, it's, what is your market? Who is interested in Juan Soto? Show me the list of teams that are willing to give you what you want for Juan Soto. And then maybe we'll change our trade package. It's it's one year. It's one year. Alex says, I feel like they're the journalists are almost trying to bully AJ into trading Soto at the end of the day. It's AJ's decision. Ken, Heyman, any of them don't know. I think that they're just using common sense. Like if the Padres are trying to win in 2024 you got to spend some money. There's a lot of pitching, a lot of innings that they have to fill, and you're not going to fill that if the $200 million number is what the Padres, like the demand is, where they have to be around at the start of the season. How are you going to get that pitching in there? And bats, and depth. How are you getting that with Juan Soto still on this baseball team? I don't see how you're going to do that. So I don't think it's them bullying. AJ doesn't care what the media says. I think they're just using common sense. Like, yeah, they have to trade him. Alex here says again, uh, the only problem with trading Soto, you trade Soto and the guys you get don't deliver. Now you need another lefty bat and guys have a five ERA. It's tricky. Yes, that is a risk. Like, let's say they trade for Michael King and Michael King doesn't deliver. or They trade for Clark Schmidt and he doesn't deliver. But it is one year of Juan Soto. It's not like you're giving up four years of Juan Soto or three years of Juan Soto. And you're going to get prospects back in the deal. I don't think it's just major league pieces that you would get back. So those prospects, it's not like if they're bad for one year, oh my gosh, the trade sucks. Like you would have these guys controllable for long term here. So yeah, those prospects are prospects, right? We can say, people can say all these glowing things about them. And then you don't know. They, they could just not pan out. But They also have years and years and years to pan out where, you know, Soto it's, it's one year and the Padres can say, we believe in the position player group that we have. We weren't going to bring Soto back in free agency, making over 30 plus million dollars. We needed to build more of a complete roster because we're trying to win. We need pitching to win. And so that's why we made the decision. It's not because we want to trade Juan Soto. And they will say that at the press conference. Probably. I would, if I was Breller. this is not because I want to trade Juan Soto. This is because of where of reality, where we're at, and we want to try to win for the city of San Diego. And in order to win, we needed more of a complete team, and this can help us do that. And we believe in the position players. We believe in the star players we have. We believe in these guys to bounce back, and that's how they'll do it. That's that's how Preller will probably spin it. You know, I, I don't want to trade Juan Soto either. I'd love to see Juan Soto in a Padres uniform in 2024. I just don't see how that's going to happen. Alex says, it's also going to be hard for teams giving a godfather deal when you don't know if Soto is going to resign. Exactly. I think Soto, unless he gets blown away, he's going to free agency. So you're trading for one year of Juan Soto. By the way, John Heyman, I see Johnny says it's John Heyman. John Heyman, didn't he just write in the New York Post why the Yankees shouldn't acquire Juan Soto? Because like how much they'd have to give up and it's one year Juan Soto. So it's not like everyone in the media is trying to bully AJ into trading Juan Soto. I think they're just looking at it. Hey, probably have to trade Juan Soto. If you're trying to win, you're trying to build more of a complete roster. How are you going to do that with Juan Soto still on this team and the limits that you have financially with where your payroll is at? All right, quick break, and then I want to get to the Jim Bowden stuff, his trade targets for the Padres. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, getting to the Jim Bowden piece, I already went over the free agent targets that Jim Bowden said. You can catch that episode on podcast platforms, and on YouTube. I did that on Sunday. Those for and Targets, Yamamoto, Snell, Montgomery, Gray, Giolito, Lugo, Martinez. Some of those are realistic. Some of those I don't think are. Some of them literally are not realistic because some of those, well, one, Sonny Gray has already signed. Uh, trade targets, Corbin Burns, Tyler Glasnow, Shane Bieber, Jesus Lizardo, Dylan Cease, and Braxton Garrett. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six trade targets for Jim Bowden from Jim Bowden for the Padres. I think five of those are at least a little realistic. I think one of them is not really realistic right now. And I think that one is Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, a free agent after this next season. He is the best one out of the group. I think the Milwaukee Brewers are going to try it with Corbin Burns. They could just totally, you know, bomb it up just blow everything up like we're not winning Craig council has gone cardinals what they've done the cubs the end of the soft season they could be easily the favorites of the national league central depending on some moves that they make it's just not happening uh but i feel like they'll try at least you know for the first half of the year with corbin burns see where they're at and then if it's not looking good you trade corbin burns I could see him being dealt this off season as well. I just don't think it's super realistic for the Padres because what would the Milwaukee Brewers want back in return? What is their farm system looking like? Let's look up the Milwaukee Brewers here. So their top prospects, I'm looking for shortstops here. I'm not seeing shortstops, but I thought they just called up this past year. I thought they called up, someone let me go to fan graphs and see about the Milwaukee Brewers what do they look like here now their depth chart I thought they just called up Bryce Terang they have okay so it's no Sal Freelich was the guy I was thinking that's Alfield my bad so maybe they'd be interested in someone like Jackson Merrill which I think is the starter like If the Padres don't want to include Jackson Merrill in there, it's probably a non-starter of a deal. I know it's one year of Corbin Burns, but it is Corbin Burns. And there will be a team out there that would be willing to give up a top prospect in that deal for Corbin Burns. Because Corbin Burns is a guy that will be traded to your team and immediately become your ace. Pretty much regardless of who is your, your ace right now. He will be your ace. He is one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. And the Brewer, why this guy, why he's unrealistic? I think the Padres, they I don't think that they want to give up the top prospects in these deals anymore. You're not giving up Ethan Salas. So if the Brewers are asking for that for one year of Corbin Burns, well, just, you know, screw off. It's not happening. Jackson Merrill, are the Padres willing to give up Robbie Snelling? Are they willing to give up Dylan Lesko? for one year of Corbin Burns? Because let's ask ourselves this. It's kind of like the Yankees with Juan Soto or the Mariners with Juan Soto or another team with Juan Soto. Are you going to sign that player long-term? Are the Padres going to sign Corbin Burns long-term? The answer to that is no. Right? Where are you getting that money to sign Corbin Burns long-term? How much is Corbin Burns going to get? Garrett Cole got three, three what? Three, was it 340? What was it with the Yankees? Or was it 360? Garrett Cole contract. It was ridiculous. And he's great. 324. Nine years, $324 million. He got that from the Yankees. What is Corbin Burns going to get? There's no way the Padres are doing that. They've already got a bunch of long-term contracts. They have Musgrove long-term, $100 million. They've got Darvish long-term, obviously, over $100 million for, what, six years? Snelling and Lesko can come up here in a couple years. Snelling maybe 2025. It says 2026. It says 2027 for Lesko. Though Snelling's 19, Lesko's 20. They're really young. I understand that, but they could come up here in a couple of years, in a few years, be very cheap, and be you know near the top of your rotation guys when they come up, right? They could be. Should we compare these guys to Mackenzie Gore? Like if the Padres would have kept Mackenzie Gore. Obviously, you didn't get Juan Soto, but you would have kept Mackenzie Gore. And let's say he keeps progressing. He wouldn't have made a ton of money you know, those first few arbitration years. And it would be nice to have him in the rotation right now, right? Ariarte could come up. Adam Mazur, I think, could come up next year. Do they want to give up those guys for one year of Corbin Burns? When they could trade Soto, get back some young starting pitching there, that are controllable, you could go into free agency, you have more money to spend now because you traded Soto, bring in guys for one, two years, and make a rotation that way, sure, it would be nice to have Corbin Burns. That would be amazing. But are you going to sign that guy long-term? Is it worth giving up Robbie Snelling, Dylan Lesko, giving up one of those guys for one year of Corbin Burns? Is Is it worth it giving up Jackson Merrill for one year of Corbin Burns? And I don't think The answer is yes to that. If you ask AJ Priller, if you ask the San Diego Padres. Now you could also say though, well, Ben AJ, if the Padres aren't successful this year, AJ has gone. You know, Seidler's not here anymore. And that's, that is a valid point. So maybe the Padres think that a Corbin Burns trade is realistic. I just don't see it happening. I think the Brewers could be like, Hey, it's the NL central. Let's try to go win at least before the deadline, see what happens. And then we could, and then, it's not working, Corbin Burns is the hottest commodity out. Commodity? com. com- what's the word? Commodity? You get what I'm saying. <laughs> not great with some English words. He will be the hottest pitcher on the market before the trade deadline. No doubt about that. As long as he's healthy, he will be the hottest guy out there. So maybe the Brewers are willing to risk that. And I think the Dodgers, they, they're they probably in a better spot to acquire Corbin Burns than the Padres are in. I think there's other teams that probably would be willing to do that as well. Um, so I don't see it. Corbin Burns last year, 193 and two-thirds innings, 381 fifth, 3.4 war. Really good year. Uh, not his best year, but good year. Almost 200 innings. Best starter on this list from Jim Bowden. The other guys, Tyler Glass now, free agent after 2024. Bieber, free agent after 2024. Lazardo free agent after 2026. Dylan Cease, free agent after 2025. And then Braxton Garrett, a free agent after 2028. Now, some would say, well, Ben, if you're saying that Corbin Burns isn't realistic, he's a free agent after 2024, then you're saying that Bieber and Glasnow are unrealistic as well. Why I say that those guys aren't, I feel like the Rays... I feel like they'd be willing to be like, yeah, Glass now. Okay. You know, time's up there. I think the Brewers are the least willing to give up someone like Corbin Burns than these other teams. The Guardians with Bieber, the Rays with Glass now. With the Rays, I think that there's the injury risk. They see the injury risk with Tyler Glass now. And so they're like, hey, let's trade him now because he could be hurt midseason. And then that kills a trade. The Cleveland Guardians with Shane Bieber, Stephen Vogt, first year as manager. The Twins just made the postseason. I know that they are declining payroll. I'm not the biggest fan of that. You know, like I get, they're kind of with the pot in the Padres spot with the the payroll. Um, not not 200 million dollars, but payroll going down. You know, the, the loss of the TV deal hurt them. Um, so they're kind of in that spot. Obviously, they didn't bring back Kent Maeda. They didn't bring back Snowy, uh, Snowy, Sunny Gray. But they should still have a good team. And So I think it's the Twins division to lose there. Um, you know, the Guardians, I think that, sure, they could be like the Brewers and go try to win. Try it with Shane Bieber. But I don't know, I just get this feeling that the Rays are fine giving up Glass now. Like, they've, they've gotten what they're going to get out of him. They're not going to bring him back long-term. And the Guardians know they're not going to sign Shane Bieber long-term either. So, he dealt with an injury this past season as well. So, you know, kind of the injury risk. I feel like, you know, of course there's an injury risk with Corbin Burns. But I feel like there's a little bit less with Corbin Burns. And with Glassdown and Bieber, there's more... Let's just trade him now, get back something, and not risk not being able to trade him before the deadline because he's hurt. So I think that those are more realistic from where those other teams sit on the trade market. Not necessarily like the Padres, but like where those other teams sit. Now, the Padres, I think that they could, they would give up less. They'd have to give up less for Tyler Glass now. Shane Bieber might be around the same as Corbin Burns, but I think, but if you look at the innings like this past season, 193.2 193.2 for Burns, 120 for Glasnow, 128 for Bieber. Both guys were hurt. Um, and Glasnow, he had a better fit than Bieber did this past year. 291 fit for Glasnow, 387 fit for Bieber. 32 war, uh, according to Fangrass for Glasnow, 2.1 for Shane Bieber. So, you know, some might say, well, no, 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 Glasnow had a better year. Um, but Bieber, if I recall, he has a better track record of staying healthy, right? Or giving more innings than Tyler Glass now does. So, 2020 and 2022, I mean, the guy got 200 innings. 2021, okay, only, I mean, less than 100. 2019, though, over 200 innings. So, he's gotten over 200, at least 200 innings twice in his career. He was hurt this past season and still got 128 innings. 2022 had a sub-3 ERA at 200 innings. 2021 had a 317 ERA. Only 16 starts, but that's pretty dominant. Recent track record here for Shane Bieber. Now, if I go look at someone like Tyler Glass now, regardless of if the Padres want these, you're going to have to give up top prospect here, at least one, maybe not your, you know, a Merrill, or maybe you would have to give up a Merrill for someone like Shane Bieber. It depends on, I think what other teams, cause I, these guys are going to get dealt is what it feels like. They're going to get dealt. It's just a matter of who has, you know, a matter of when, who has the best package. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Glass now and Bieber, you can't even compare the two in terms of innings. 120 innings in 2023 for Glass. Now, 2022, he had Tommy John, I think, so 6.2 innings only. 2021, 88 innings. 2019, I'm not counting 2020 short season. 2019, 60 and two thirds innings. You go to Bieber, 2019, he was an all star, 214 and a third innings with a 3.28 ERA. 2020 short season, I don't want to count that, but I am seeing that he won the Cy Young and had a 1.63 ERA. 2021 All Star 3170 RA 96 and two thirds innings. But you know, Glasnow now has plenty of that. He comes back in 2022, like I said, 200 innings and 128 innings, which was still more than what Glasnow gave this past season. So I'd go with Bieber in terms of durability over Glasnow, now, but he's probably going to cost more than Glasnow. now. So maybe it, it's more realistic for Glass now than Bieber. But with this rotation, I want someone that's going to give innings, and so that would make me lean towards Bieber over Glasnow. I think those two are more realistic than Corbin Burns. Luzardo, Cease, and Garrett, those are more realistic than probably. Well, I mean, it's only one year for Glasnow and Bieber, but those guys are elite pitchers when they're on. Uh, Luzardo, Cease, and Garrett, those are l- more years of control. So that's probably what the Padres want more of. They don't they probably don't want a one year rental, a guy that they're not going to sign long term. Luzardo, free agent after 2026, Cease free agent after 2025, Garrett free agent after 2028. But I think we all know who's the best pitcher of those three, and that's Dylan Cease, no doubt about that. It was he cost the most, 177 innings this past year, a 372 FIP, a 3 7 war. And he it's not like he's coming off a good season. So it's not like the White Sox would be selling super high on Cease, but it is the additional year of control and they will be able to get back a good package for Dylan Cease. The White Sox are open to trading anyone and pretty much everyone, maybe not Luis Rob Robert Jr., but uh sure feels like everyone else is going to get dealt or they're shopping those guys, they're listening to those guys. He led the league in starts this past year, Dylan Cease with 33 in the American League, 32 starts in 2022, 32 starts in 2021. So durable. Now it's not near 200 innings. The highest in these last three years is 184. Led the league in walks with 78 in 2022. But he placed second in the Cy Young that year. Um, I mean, yeah, multiple years of control. 24 and 25. I think the Padres, this is a guy that they would really want to go after. But I'm curious if the Padres would have to take on someone like an Eloy Jimenez in this trade. Because the White Sox, they're rebuilding. They're not trying to win. And so maybe the White Sox are going to be like, "Nope, you want Cease, take on Luis Robert. Or not Luis, not Luis. No, uh, Eloy Jimenez. Take on Eloy with that. And then what would the Padres have to give up? A couple years of control for Cease. So you'd have to give up Snelling or Lesko probably. Would they want someone like Zavala? Fifth, fifth prospect in the Padres system, or are they more interested in someone like a Dylan Head, someone who the Padres just got, or a Nathan Martorella first base, or a Graham Pauly, or uh, hopefully not Jacob Marcy because they have Robert Jr. there, but someone like that, or you know, are they willing to take a couple of the top twenty prospects, one top like five? or top 10, but a couple top 20. I don't feel like they would feel the need to take on major league talent, but maybe the Padres would be like, no, if you're giving us Eloy Jimenez, you take Matt Carpenter, or you take, I don't know, Trent Grisham or whoever, you know. They're not going to take someone like Jake Cronenworth. That's not happening, so. Because the White Sox, they don't spend big on free agents anyway. I think Andrew Benintendi is their largest deal, I want to say. And that was like 75 mil, five years, 75 mil. So the the, the White Sox would be an interesting team to to be dealing with right now. I would not be surprised to see someone like Luzardo or Garrett be on this team. Back rotation, controllable. Get some work in with Ruben Diabla and Luzardo can get back because remember, I'm sure there's some people that remember Jesus Lazardo was a top prospect. He was one of the A's top prospects, right? One of the best pitching prospects in baseball was Jesus Lazardo. Um, I'm looking up his numbers right now. He this past year, 178 and two thirds innings, a three five five FIP, a three point seven war. So he did provide some innings, four point one. 4, 4.1 war. Say that five times fast. Over 200 punch-outs with the Miami Marlins this past season. So he did deliver starts. 32 starts. But that's by far career high. So who knows if he does that in the future. But he is controllable. And there is something there. Um, Just hasn't been able to do it. I think as good as fans would have hoped when he came up to the big leagues, His his rookie year, 2020, was a short year, 4-1-2 ERA. 2021, his ERA was over six. And in part of that year, he was traded to the Miami Marlins. 2022, Marlins 3-3-2 ERA there in 100 innings, but that's that's not a ton. And then this past year, 3 5 ERA. The Padres will take that in the back of the rotation. And you see what you can do there with Niebla working with Luzardo. Um, what does, so his contract, obviously, I know he's a agent after 2026. But, so he's, he's still, this would be his, no, this would be his first year of arbitration, I want to say. So it's not like we know what his contract, or his, no, second year. Four-year arbitration player is what he is. That's what Spot saying. Estimate five point nine million dollars base salary. So yeah, back rotation. I mean that worked. That definitely works. And I'd be interested to see what Luzardo could do with working with Niebla. But what would what would the Miami Marlins want in you know, a deal like that? Because don't they have Jazz Chisholm playing center? So I don't know how Grish would. I don't know how appealing Grish would be in that. I don't think that they would take on someone like Cronworth. Uh top prospect it feels like they do have pitching. So would it have to be position players for them? Marlin's top prospects. They have their top three prospects are pitchers, including Max Meyer. Or Mayer, however you pronounce his name. They have Victor Mesa Jr., who I remember hearing his name when he signed. I think he has a brother, and they both signed at the same time. Twenty twenty four is his expected arrival time. They have some infielders, pretty balanced actually. When you look at like their top twenty prospects, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what they would ask for. Like, sure, they'd be interested in Robbie Snelling and Dylan, uh, Dylan Lusco and. Probably someone like Jacob Marcy or Graham Pauly or you know, but that's I don't think that's someone that you give up for Jesus Lazardo. I think it's someone lower than that, or a couple players that you would give up. But not not top like that. And Braxton Garrett, he's someone that's even under longer control through twenty twenty-eight. What did he do this past year? Three six six ERA, three eight. Baseball Reference War, thirty starts, almost one hundred sixty innings. So both of those guys, Luzardo and Garrett, they were able to stay pretty healthy here in twenty twenty three. The whip, what was the whip? One one four six. He had a three five eight ERA in twenty twenty two. Made his big league debut in twenty twenty. Pitched a little in 2021, more in 22, more in 23. So it just feels like the Marlins are getting more comfortable in him or he's getting more comfortable in the big leagues and he's getting more opportunities there. But yeah, he would be back back at the rotation. And he's a pre-arbitration player, obviously. So yeah, you're talking about cheap, controllable. That would... Check boxes for the Padres. That's, I would be shocked if the Padres don't make a trade for a starting pitcher this offseason. And I think that starting pitcher would probably have to be a controllable guy. I don't really see them going out and getting a Shane Bieber for one year or a Glass now for one year, unless the deal's really good for the Padres and the Rays just can't trade Glass now, which I don't see that happening. A team will bite on that. The Guardians just can't trade Bieber. I don't see that happening. Someone's going to want Shane Bieber. Um, so, yeah, Lizardo and Garrett. You know, of of all of these trade targets that Jim Bowden listed here, Lizardo and Garrett, those I see realistic. I could see Cease being realistic, but I think that the White Sox are going to wait on Cease until some of the big free agents are gone. You know, they they're off the board. In case a team like the Dodgers don't get Yamamoto, they don't get Snell, they don't get Jordan Montgomery, they they don't get a big starter. I could, you know, we know the Dodgers, they always have the farm system for whatever freaking trade they want. They always have it. So I see them definitely being interested in someone like Dylan Cease, being able to extend someone like Dylan Cease if they don't land Otani or land another big guy like that. Um, And, you know, because they have injuries, guys coming back from injury, Dustin May and Clayton Kershaw. Well, Kershaw's a free agent, but we can all expect him to come back, go back to the Giants, or to the the Dodgers. Giants would be wild. Um, You know, Rangers always gets thrown out there, but I I thought if he was going to go to the Rangers, wouldn't he have already done it, you know? Um, So, yeah, guys coming back from injury, you know, the rest of the rotation – not like guys that have solidified themselves at the big league level, you know, Cease would definitely be welcome there. Would the Cardinals be interested in someone like Dylan Cease? Who else would have the farm system for someone like Dylan Cease? I guess you could throw the Mariners in there, but the Mariners, are they someone that would be interested in Dylan Cease for two years? And would they be able to extend someone like Dylan Cease? I feel. If you're trading for someone like Dylan Cease, yeah, it's two years, so you don't have to extend them. But I think that a team that would acquire Dylan Cease would want to make that attempt to trade, uh, not trade, to extend Dylan Cease. So we'll see what happens. The Padres, I could see them making the deal for Dylan Cease because, you know, AJ Preller could have the mentality, like I brought up earlier, like I could be gone after this season if we don't make something work here. We need rotation help. I'm not going to go sign someone, I'm not signing Blake Snell for. $180 Hundred eighty million dollars. I'm not doing that. I'm not signing Jordan Montgomery for hundred plus or whatever he gets. That's not happening. I'm not signing Yamamoto for two twenty five. I'm not giving Lugo fifty million dollars, forty million dollars. What maybe they're not comfortable with that? I'm not giving Waka fifteen million a year. I'm not giving Martinez that to be a starter. Um, and I could see, you know, Preller might do that for Martinez, but for the rest of rotation, you got to fill that out. What is Dylan Cease making? You know, Dylan Cease, you don't have to, okay, you're giving up prospects. Dylan Cease, what would he be making here? Because he's in arbitration, obviously. He's es- estimated, wow, seriously? Less than $10 million. So yeah, I think that would be pretty attractive to the Padres, for Dylan Cease. So I could see the Padres' preller mainly being like, I might not be here after this year. So yeah, prospects, you're gone. What do the White Sox want? Okay, yep, Dylan Cease, come on down. I could see that happening, at least for a couple years of someone like Dylan Cease. These one-year guys, may, this this feels like a make-or-break year for Preller, but I, I thought we said that last year. Maybe Preller's willing to do that, but there is injury risk in Glass now. There's injury risk in Bieber. And Corbin Burns, I just feel like there's some other team out there that would be going all in for someone like Corbin Burns, but AJ Preller is unpredictable, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, those were some trade targets for from Jim Bowden for the San Diego Padres. I think that Glassnell Bieber, Luzardo, Season, Garrett are the most realistic out of those six. Corbin Burns, I, I just don't see it. I think the Brewers, I think the Brewers could be like, let's just try it one more time here. While you have Yelich, I don't know. Is that prime? They have Adama still. They, they could just tear it down and trade all those guys. But maybe it depends on what moves the Cubs make. What if the club the Cubs don't make those big moves that maybe some expect them to make this offseason? And the Cardinals, okay, their rotation, I mean, it's a bunch of vets, and it's sunny gray at the top, and then, you know, there's some questions there. Maybe the Brewers are like, well, the Central, it's not ungettable. Let's go try it. That's, that's how I see it it. So I don't think the Padres are going to land Corbin Burns. Um, but those other guys, I think it's doable. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I did want to get, and I'll get to anyone in the chat here that has any comments, any questions. If you want to join the show, you're just popping in. You can click that link. That's pinned up at the top of the chat. I did want to get to San Diego state, San Diego state basketball last night. They beat Point Loma Nazarene, 71-51. They could have been more, but San Diego State, you know, I think they realized, I think Point Loma Nazarene's a D2 opponent. They did realize, like, this is an opportunity to get some of our bench players playing here, get Heidi um, some some playing time, get, uh, well, Demarche Johnson, he didn't play very much, but get some of these bench guys at least some minutes in this game. You know, when you're up by 20 late, it's like, okay, let's get LaDee out of there. Let's get some of these guys out of there. Tremel coming back from the injury, right? Let's get some of these guys out of there. So LaDee goes 15, has 15 points. He has 13 rebounds. He had a double-double, I think, at halftime. I was watching this game, and I was like, wow, okay. So Point Loma Nazarene, they, they came out, you know, scrappy at the beginning, and it was kind of close there but at halftime what was the lead at halftime it's not showing it where what the heck was the lead at halftime i know google will have it i'm on san diego state's live stats page 4126 yeah so it was a, it was a comfortable lead i remember i knew it was a comfortable lead pretty comfortable 4126 and I was like, okay, let's put away this game and then give playing time to guys that probably won't get a ton of playing time here um, at the end. And at the end of the season, near the end of the season. Uh, Jay Powell got 14 minutes. And then guys more at the end of the bench. B.J. Davis, Demarce Johnson Jr. Uh, Miles Bird played. He plays still, but um, not a ton of minutes. Uh, they got Miles Heidi in there, obviously. So they got some guys in there which was good, Ton, ton of guys played last night. Parrish, 25 minutes, Butler, 28 minutes, Ladee, 29. So all those guys, those core guys, Reese Waters, 23, Elijah Saunders, 22, those guys were starters. They got over 20 minutes, and then, you know, Trammell got 25. Then you hand it over. Um, what I really wanted to hit on here was San Diego State continuing to not be ranked. If we go look at the AP Top 25 right now, I know John Schaefer had it. He posted it. So let me go get the link there. But San Diego State, they continue to not be ranked despite having only one loss. That one loss coming to BYU, who is ranked. And so it's it's pretty much a joke right now in the AP top 25. It doesn't matter, but it still gets me worked up because you know it's it's nice to have a number next to your name when you're watching these games, right? So Purdue, Arizona, Marquette, Yukon, Kansas, Houston, Duke, Miami, Baylor, Tennessee, Gonzaga, Kentucky. Okay. But then I see FAU. And yes, they were a Final 14 this this past year. So was San Diego State. San Diego State's not ranked. Florida Atlantic, they lost to Bryant. They're 5 and 1. Okay? And do they have a ranked win? Yes, they they beat Texas a and I believe. But they lost to Bryant and they're still ranked. There's Texas A&M, there's Creighton, Texas, North Carolina, Villanova, BYU, okay, they're undefeated, ranked. Colorado State, okay, ranked. Mississippi, James Mad Mississippi State, excuse me. Uh James Madison. Alabama, Illinois, Oklahoma. I just watched Oklahoma at the Rady Children's a- Invitational. Good team. Okay, it was a close game. They uh, with USC. They won there at the end there to win that championship, that couple day tournament. Okay, Illinois, Big Ten, five and one. Okay, but it's like who are you taking out? Okay, I'm taking out FAU. <laughs> uh, I mean San Diego State. They've got a good basketball team they have some good wins. They went on a neutral court and beat Washington. They beat Saint Mary's who is supposed to be at the top of their conference this season. At least preseason, that's what it was. Their one loss wasn't even a bad loss. It was at a ranked BYU team. It's hard to win games at BYU. They've beaten Cal State Fullerton who I think they were they were in, they were a, tur- a tournament team this past year, right? They beat them. And I know, yes, oh, they played Point Loma Nazarene. Well, the rankings came out before they played last night. Washington, they beat Cal. Um, I shouldn't say that Cal's like this big resume. I mean, they're not a great team. But Long Beach State, they beat. They beat Fullerton. I mean, they've got some good wins here. And the Washington win, they had back-to-back overtime victories. Like, that's pretty hard to do, right? And I know those opportunities that they had there like they they should have won those games in regulation make some shots in the second half and all that but tired legs being able to get the wins both times in overtime I think that's pretty impressive and again it's not like they've lost a couple of games their one loss was to BYU and it was by less than 10 points on the road and oh guess what Darren Trammell he played seven minutes in the game. He was just coming back. And it's the beginning of the season. If this loss would have happened later in the year, what would this have meant to San Diego State? Or if San Diego State would have been undefeated and they would have lost the BYU you know, yesterday, would they be ranked still? Maybe. I, I hope they would be ranked. It is not that big of a deal, but it's just something where it's like, man, give the Aztecs their respect this team just made it to the to the championship game and nope one loss one loss at a ranked b y u team on the road you're not even fully healthy you've got a lot of new players yep nope that's enough to get you unranked i i just disagree with that all right going to the chat here Let's see, where did I leave off here? Brian says, attach Krone with Soto and I'll be happy. Yeah, good luck with that. Right now, I mean, I love Crony, but right now, that's a hard contract to move. And he has the limited no trade clause. So I don't know what teams those are, but maybe one of those teams is the team that the Padres are trying to trade Juan Soto to. Alex says, I think one or two pitchers will be from trade. One will be a prove-it deal. One will be an in-house guy. Yeah, I could see that. No free agency, though? Well, no, okay, he said prove-it deal. So let's say one's like Luzardo or Garrett. One is Flaherty and one is Avila or Waldron. You still need more starting pitchers because someone's going to get hurt. We know that. You don't just have five starters pitch your starting innings all year. Not how it works. So you're going to need more than that. But in terms of the rotation, I guess I could see that. I'll just say if that's what it is, I'm not going to be super confident in the rotation going into the season. I'll like the Jack Flaherty move, like the prove-it deal or Luis Severino or someone like that. I'll be intrigued by it, but I'm I'm not going to be like very confident in this rotation if that's what happens. If you trade Soto, you can get a controllable starter hopefully back in return or a major league starter at least. I don't know how many years of control he's going to have, but you would get that and you'd have the room to hopefully bring in someone in agency that's not just on a, a prove it deal, a 1-year $7 million deal, for example. Cuz you'll have you'll have room. You're clearing 30 plus million dollars of room. Now, it's not all starting pitching that you're going to be spending it on, right? You need to Fill some other holes, but starting pitching, Soto's the first priority here. Figuring that out, because people say starting pitching is the priority Soto is right now. Because then that's where the dominoes can start to fall. Then, But after that, yeah, it's definitely starting pitching. Devin says, I feel like the Padres want to keep Merrill and the other top prospects. I do too. But in order to get something, you do have to give up something. Logan says Burns is regressing. I'll keep Lesko and Merrill. Okay, well, I mean, if regressing is, you know, almost 200 innings with a sub four fip I mean, I'll take that. But it's one year, and the Padres, they're not going to bring him back, so you do have to to weigh that. Is it worth giving up a Merrill, a Lesko, a Snelling, someone like that, for one year of Burns? Now, if you're trying to win, then yeah, but... Wouldn't you want Soto on your team and then you go trade for Burns instead of you're trading one of the best hitters on the planet and you get Burns? Isn't that kind of like mixed messaging there? Joseph says, Lesko and Snelling aren't going anywhere. Uh, We need them. Future of the rotation. Yeah, I mean, we thought that with Gore and then Soto came along, right? And we were fine with Gore going. Um. Yeah, it feels like Lesko and Snelling—they're not going anywhere. Like we need them at some point here to be in that rotation, and we kind of need them to work out. Devin says, "I don't want to trade Crony, but if first base is the only option for him to be put it for him to be put in, then fine. Personally, I think he is still valuable for the team and will bounce back. I agree. I think he he'll have a better year. I think he is a very valuable piece to this Padres team." Last year, he was not, but I think that he can get back to being a more valuable piece to this Padres team, and I don't think the contract is going to look as bad as it does now. I mean, the contract hasn't even started, so I want to get that out there. I think that's maybe some Padres fans don't realize that. The contract hasn't started yet. It starts 2024, so some might be like, well, okay, this contract's going to be even worse then. Because look at the year that he had when the contract hadn't even started yet. But there's a long ways to go. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, that was a terrible contract. They didn't, I'm going to, I will say they didn't need to hand it out for sure. But, you know, Kim probably not going to be back after 2024. So Crony will go back to the middle infield where he will be more valuable. And you hope that he will, you know, be better offensively and not try to be someone who he isn't at the plate. Devin says, Corbin Burns is a coin toss for me. Yes, getting Burns would be the best fever dream pickup, but I rather develop a rotation than acquire yet another superstar and neglect having young arms. And again, that guy's for one year. And right now, I don't think this Padres team is a world series team. So, you know, having Corbin Burns really helps that would, you know, boost them up closer to that. But, there's. It's not just one starting pitcher that's going to fix the team. Devin asked, "Would you bring back Blake Snow or would you give a lengthy contract to a pitcher like Yamamoto?" Uh, neither. I'm not giving Yamamoto 200 plus million dollars. And I'm not giving Blake Snow 180 plus million dollars. Well, yeah, I would. If I had a pick, I'd probably pick. Blake Snell because it would be shorter. Although Yamamoto looks like a stud. I'm not saying Yamamoto isn't good, and that's why the Padres shouldn't sign him. I'm just saying I don't want to give a, a nine, ten-year deal to a guy that, I've, that I haven't really seen before. I've, I've watched highlights, obviously, but sure, looks like the real deal, but that's a long contract. For a guy that's never pitched in the big leagues before, that's a long contract and especially where the Padres are at, we do have to live in reality. I'm not doing that. I'll give a shorter-term contract to, to Blake. And Blake's, like, comfortable here. He, he knows Ruben and San Diego, and I, he's not going to—I I would do neither. But, you know, Blake, he's not going to perform like he did in 2023 again in the contract, I don't think. Prove me wrong, Blake, but I don't think he's going to. But it's more of like the known than the unknown with Yamamoto, you know? Joseph says, Darvish, Musgrove, and Bieber would be a solid front three in the rotation, then get a fourth and fifth starter in the Soto trade. I don't know if you would get a fourth and a fifth. Maybe if you get King and Schmidt, you go four or five there. Darvish, Musgrove, Bieber. But what are you giving up in the Bieber deal? I think that's a question. Bieber, one year of control. Yeah, what are you giving up there? That's a big question for me there. Yeah, Yariel Rodriguez, he is an option, it seems like. Red Sox, Padres workout last year or last week in the DR. What is he commanding? Like a four year deal? I don't know a ton about him, so I'm not gonna act like I do. But he pitched in the WBC, looked pretty nasty there. That was for a short period of time. He had a really good 2022 season. I was reading on MLB trade rumors. But, you know, that is a risk as well. But Preller has taken some risks. I mean, we didn't really know who Nick Martinez was, and that, I thought, turned out pretty well. Robert Suarez, Luis Garcia. That was with the Cardinals, but Suarez was, I think, coming overseas, right? And he worked out, obviously, parlayed that into a five-year contract. So, you know, Preller... He, uh, he is someone that has a track record of doing some of these deals where we don't really know a ton about the guy, but he ends up being pretty good in, on the pitching staff. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I would throw Mazer in there, Joseph. He says Snelling, Lesko, and Iriarte are our future controllable pitchers. I would throw Mazer in there. But I feel like Iriarte or Mazer, the Padres would be willing to give up in a deal for a Glass now, a Bieber, a Burns. Someone like that, a cease. Where maybe it's like, no, Lesko, Snelling, don't want to give them up. Who would they rather give up? Lesko or Snelling? Maybe Lesko. Do we think there's more of an injury risk there with Lesko than Snelling? I don't know who I'd be more willing to give up. That's that's an interesting question. All right. That's it here at Talking Friars episode 525. Hopefully you enjoyed. Seat code Talking Friars, $20 off your order. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match, up to $100. There's drafts, there are pick'ems, NBA, NHL, uh, NFL, college. There's a lot of stuff going on, even with baseball season obviously being in the offseason. season. Yaglo and Bro's main sponsor of the show, obviously. Their main location is on Friars Road, Best Cheese steaks and Garlic Fries in San Diego. And then Breaking Tea and Foco, great Padres gear uh, there, so go check them out. Foco has some pretty cool bobbleheads and Breaking Tea has some good shirts and sweatshirts. They just had some Black Friday and Mobile Mobile Cyber Monday uh, sales online. That's where I got the mobile from, I guess. So hopefully you were able to take advantage of that. Thank you all for the time. Really appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. Talk Soto here. We talk Padres pitching targets. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. See ya.